Chapter One of A Tangled Tale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Hawaii in October two thousand and nine. A Tangled Tale by Lewis Carroll. Chapter One. To my pupil. Beloved pupil, tamed by thee, addish, subtract, multiplication, division, fractions, rule of three, attest thy deft manipulation. Then onward, let the voice of fame from age to age repeat thy story, till thou hast won thyself a name exceeding even Euclid's glory. Preface this tale originally appeared as a serial in the monthly packet beginning in april eighteen eighty the writer's intention was to embody in each knot like the medicine so dexterously but ineffectually concealed in the jam of our early childhood one or more mathematical questions in arithmetic algebra or geometry as the case might be for the amusement and possible edification of the fair readers of that magazine Lewis Carroll, October, 1885 A Tangled Tale, Not One, Excelsior Goblin, lead them up and down. The ruddy glow of sunset was already fading into the sombre shadows of night, when two travellers might have been observed swiftly, at a pace of six miles in the hour, descending the rugged side of a mountain the younger bounding from crag to crag with the agility of a fawn, while his companion, whose aged limbs seemed ill at ease in the heavy chain armour habitually worn by tourists in that district, toiled on painfully at his side. As is always the case under such circumstances, the younger knight was the first to break the silence. "'A goodly pace, I trow!' he exclaimed. "'We sped not thus in the ascent!' "'Goodly indeed!' the other echoed with a groan we clung bit but at three miles in the hour and on the dead level our pace is um, the younger suggested for he was weak in statistics and left all such details to his aged companion four miles in the hour the other wearily replied not an ounce more he added with that love of metaphor so common in old age and not a farthing less "'Twas three hours past high noon when we left our hostelry," the young man said, musingly. "'We shall scarce be back by supper-time. Perchance mine host will roundly deny us all food.' "'He will chide our tardy return,' was the grave reply, "'and such a rebuke will be meet.' "'A brave conceit!' cried the other with a merry laugh. "'And should we bid him bring us yet another course, I trow his answer will be tart.' We shall but get our desserts, sighed the elder knight, who had never seen a joke in his life, and was somewhat displeased at his companion's untimely levity. It will be nine of the clock, he added in an undertone, by the time we regain our hostelry. Full many a mile shall we have plodded this day. How many? How many? cried the eager youth, ever athirst for knowledge. The old man was silent. Tell me, he answered after a moment's thought what time it was when we stood together on yonder peak not exact to the minute he added hastily reading a protest in the young man's face 
and thy guests be within one poor half-hour of the mark, tis all I ask of thy mother's son. Then will I tell thee, true to the last inch, how far we shall have trudged betwixt three and nine of the clock. A groan was the young man's only reply, while his convulsed features and the deep wrinkles that chased each other across his manly brow revealed the abyss of arithmetical agony into which one chance question had plunged him. End of chapter 1